Amen. Welcome to Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle Carter Douglas. Uh, with me, I'm so blessed to have the people on the line today. Um, Sister Pat, if you would uh, bless us with prayer. with it all throughout each every moment of our lives, our days, keeping us safe from all harm and danger. Lord, I just thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you've done. Lord, we just have to remember that no matter what we do in this life, we have to remember we must do and live within your will, not ours, but your will, your perfect, holy I just pray for those who don't know you too, Lord. I pray that they open up their eyes and their ears and they come to you and listen to you, dear Lord. I pray for all the, all the different things people are going through, the wars, the storms, dear Lord. Uh, there's so many things, sex trafficking, uh, access, uh, people just doing things, fighting, Lord. It would only open up their eyes and come to you. And Lord, things that people have lost through the storms, Lord, just let them remember that no matter what, all things come from you. You will bring them to you will bring them to their God, because they have to remember we know about them. Look at Job, he lost his children, everything. The Lord's brought him. I'm not saying it's easy. Not easy. I don't want to. People go through so much, but nobody said that walk with you would be easy. Sometimes, sometimes you just fall down and you can't do anything but scream and cry. But Lord, as long as we trust and hold our hands out to you and let you lift us up because we're not just to walk alone, we know you will bring us through. You will bring us through. Might not be the way we want or thought in your perfect will. As we know, when we leave this world, we hold on to your precious There is nothing more wonderful that we have waiting for us, but life will be eternity in heaven. There will be no sorrows, crying, or tears. Mm. There's people of joy, happiness, all the same that have gone before us, dwell with you in perfect peace and peace. You said it was so, no doubt it's the truth. We love you, praise you, we give you all the honor, all the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Patricia. Thank you so, so much. Amen. Um, as we begin our uh Bible study today, we will be going over Exodus chapter 18. I do believe that uh, we might have went over, uh, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 19. We went over it briefly, but I do know last week we had some other conversations that came up um, that we spoke about. So um, just to make sure that we have time to meditate, resonate, and study in the word, we're going to go back over Exodus chapter 19 and also dive into uh, uh, our daily bread. Praise God. So this is the daily bread reading for January the 13th. It's entitled The Crowd. 
And it is uh, taken out of Romans chapter nine, verse three. I could wish that myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for my people's sake. Men have been found to resist the most powerful monarchs and to refuse to bow down before them. Observed philosopher and author Hannah Arendt, she added, but few indeed have been found to resist the crowd, to stand up alone before misguided masses, to face their implacable frenzy without weapons. As a Jew, Arendt witnessed this firsthand in her native Germany. There's something terrifying about being rejected by the group. The Apostle Paul experienced such rejection. Trained as a Pharisee and rabbi, his life was turned upside down when he encountered the resurrected Jesus. Paul had been traveling to Damascus to persecute those who believed in Christ. Acts chapter 9. After his conversation, the apostle found himself rejected by his own people. In his letter, we know as 2 Corinthians, Paul reviewed some of the troubles he faced at their hands, among them beatings and imprisonments. Rather than responding to such rejection with anger or bitterness, Paul longed for them to come to know Jesus too. He wrote, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, Romans 9, 2, 3. As God has welcomed us into his family, May he also enable us to invite even our adversaries into relationship with him. Amen. How have you responded when you experienced exclusion? We're going to take part A of, of this uh, question first. How have you responded when you experienced exclusion? Brother Desmond? Brother Desmond. Hello. Uh, anybody else want to take that, Brother Brylin? How have you responded when you experience exclusion? How have you responded when people have excluded you, maybe not invited you somewhere or ignored you or how have you responded when people have uh it, you know excluded you from things oh your phone's on mute sweetie oh it does kind of hurt like it does hurt my feelings mm -hmm. like i just kind of feel like it's wrong to kind of like come around somebody pretend you like them and then seclude them and you know it's kind of like i don't under, i don't know it's like when people like 
exclude you for every reason. They don't like you the way you talk, the way you, the way maybe you joke, and the way you walk, and just mm-hmm. overall your personality. I mean, it's just kind of wrong to write to write people off based off of those assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, you judge a book by its cover, and um, I just kind of feel like it's wrong to like to disclude somebody who, let's say, let's say, like for me, I was nice to someone, and I did, you know. It's in a hand of friendship, but this person just kind of treated like treated it like it was, you know, whatever. Like, you know, basically I my friendship. Mm-hmm. When people do stuff like that, that just shows their own ignorance and that and also the fact that they really don't know how to be a good friend themselves. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And thank you so much for your insight. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Uh, any other people want to uh, elaborate? I guess I'll say something while the little noisemakers are quiet for a minute. When you're excluded and people do things like that, it does hurt. It hurts you, you know, your spirit. It's, it just hurts everything about you because they make you feel that you're just not worthy of being acknowledged. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel that you're no one. I mean, at least you if you could say, you know what, look and say, well, you know what, we're doing this, we really, I would rather you look at me and say, we really don't want to, you know, be bothered with you or something than just go and just sometimes people just look at you a certain way and walk away. But mm-hmm. either way, you just feel like, you know, you're not, like when I was younger, especially when you're uh, puberty, a young teen, something, you feel you're not worthy, there's something wrong with you, but it's yeah. not. There's nothing wrong with you. It's wrong with them and how they perceive life and people. And that takes a while to learn. Mm-hmm. Because all people are people that created by the one and only true God. And, it, and, and you know, sometimes, especially when I was young, it makes you go sometime. And, you know, like a few times I remember going home crying, but I wouldn't tell my mother why. Mm-hmm. And she would tell me, you know, those ones who did that are not your friends. But it takes you a while to learn that. But mm-hmm. people who treat you like that, they're nobody's friend. I did learn that as you get older, they're nobody's friends. They hang with a group, but they, they don't even like each other. That is so true. That is no, no, so they true. They don't even like each other. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That doesn't take that hurt away right. that you went through. But you learn how to accept it and deal with it. And you can use it in life lessons. And then you look at the things of why did you want to be with them anyway? And then I look back and say, well, why did I? Because I thought they were the popular crowd or something or whatever. And find out, no, I really, later in life. But it takes going through life and maturing before you realize 
as an adult in her 70s, people like that, you just pray for them and stay away from them because I don't want to become like them. You know, that is... There are some mm -hmm. like them my age now. They're still like that. There are people like that, but I don't want to become like that. And if I ever seem like I'm getting sort of like that, you are my pastor, you're my child and my children, anybody who knows me on this line, grandchildren, grandma, watch it. Amen. We have to. We we have to get like that. You know, that is so so true. You know, just check me. If I'm doing something, check me. Amen. We have to. We have to uh you know, we have to uh do that. You know? Yes. And like I said, there are people and like it some people, it doesn't and it doesn't have anything really to do with age. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there's people my age, your age, older than me, they still have that about them that yeah. they have you know, they think they're better. Or this or that for whatever reason. And they make you feel belittled. And, and you know, and, and like I was saying too, I, I do believe that one of which, when people ostracize you and treat you a certain way, they're attacking the God in you. When I went through things as a child, I, you know, people saying against my color, uh, other people talking about I didn't have a father, um, you know, and, and different things like that. It used to hurt. But you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that my biological father was absent in my life, that I was able to embrace my spiritual heavenly father. I'm, I'm blessed that, you know, people talked about my dark skin because I don't think I would love and appreciate it the way that I do today. You know, I, I'm blessed that my children rather keeps God's command than adapt to society's norm. You know, so in the past, how I, I, I dealt with exclusion, I took it as rejection. I felt as though I was not worthy. I was hurt. At times, I didn't even want to exist. You know, um, now how I take it as exclusion, I take it for face value of what it is, is jealousy. Not everybody is strong enough to be celibate. Not everybody is strong enough to be a single parent. Not everybody is able to raise special needs children to where they graduate out of special education and to regular education. And they graduate with uh, 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 basically honors. My one son's uh, GPA uh, when he graduated high school was 3.33. You know? 
Uh, my daughter graduated from Struthers High School and Mahoney County uh, Career Center. My youngest son graduated from Struthers High School and the Mahoney County Career Center. My son, Patrick, he graduated from Mahoney County, uh, not Mahoney County Career, he graduated from Struthers High School. I had all three kids graduate and God enabled me to give all three of my children catered graduation parties. Mm -hmm. And Sister Pat is on the phone. My mother is on the phone. She'll tell you. I didn't ask for no help from my family. My youngest son's graduation party, I was blessed. My sister did uh, give $600 to his graduation party. But all the rest of them, I had no help. And that they in that aspect, you know, I do believe uh, my mother helped get the decorations and stuff, but I wanted to do that on my own. You know, I worked at that job for my son Patrick. I was working three jobs. My daughter Arlessa, I was working two. You know, my son Pat Brylin, I was working two jobs. So you know, I made sure that I did what I had to do. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. So when I look at uh, people saying things or whatever uh, about how um, they're excluded, I say, be happy. Be appreciative. Because it's not you that they're excluding. It's the truth. It's the light of God. It's the God of you. And, and, and no one, and I think what makes rejection so hard is the fact that nobody wants to be alone. We are social people. No one wants to be alone. But sadly to say, sometimes you have to have that handful of people. And when you find those handful of people that treat you good and love you for you, don't let them go. Reflect and pray. Loving God, help me to point others to you and a place in your kingdom despite personal hurt or disappointment. This is something in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This is something that I think we all need to work on. We all need to work on. You know, because in uh, the Daily Bread, we said about um, the, the article talks about bringing people, your adversaries, to Jesus. Paul. Romans 9, 2, 3, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people. You see, if he didn't love so much, if he didn't love God so much, it wouldn't hurt him as such. That's what he's saying. But when we come to love God, we come to even love our enemies, and that is why it hurts us so much. So in that hurt and in that pain, 
know that there is love. And they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting the God in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Moving on, we are now going to read out of Exodus uh, chapter 9, verses, uh, well, the whole entire uh, Exodus chapter 19. Okay, everybody have their Bibles. We're going to be looking into uh, the New International Version text, and we are going to take a short break. We will be right back after these messages. Thank you for studying in the Word. Rhea, Isaac, Egypt, and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. This book will take you on the journey from creation through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Answering questions, why do we die boiled eggs? Or what is the significance of an Easter bunny? And much more. The presence of the Lord surrounded Amelia and her family. The Holy Spirit filled their household with love, joy, and peace. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grew from a young babe in the manger into a young boy. He worked alongside his earthly father Joseph as a carpenter and worshiped our Heavenly Father with all of his heart. Years went by and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ performed many miracles and preached to many, many people. And this full-length color book written by Michelle Carter Douglas, her sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Rylan Douglas, and her daughter, Arlesa Douglas, was also illustrated by her children, Patrick, Rylan, and Arlesa. What a beautiful book to bring in all holidays. This book is written by a family for the family. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Rhea, Isaac, Egypt, and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. And welcome back to Studying in the Word. I'm Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas, and this evening is January the 13th, 2023. And I just thank you all for being so patient and kind. And uh, to everybody that receives uh, nourishment from this podcast, glory to God. Glory to God in everything that I and we do in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's turn the Bibles and uh, to uh, Exodus chapter 19. And I will read the first uh, eight verses. On the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt on that day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai 
and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and what and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So we see in these verses here, the Lord thy God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is speaking to Moses and instructing him what he is going to say to the Israelites. And, and the beauty of this is God is accurate. He brought them out of the land of Egypt and he carried them on eagles wing on eagles wing let's look up online what uh is uh eagles wings okay uh uh to get a more defined uh analogy of this so when i think about this okay uh here let's see uh, before I find I read this, uh, anybody have a thought of what this description is meaning about eagle's wings? Anybody? Oh no, I'm asking anybody want to take um uh anybody want to uh share what they equate to when the Bible talks about when God talks about he brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt and carried them on eagles wing in eagles wings. What it, what does that make it what do you think of that description? I think it's said to be uh powerful and celebrant birds is supposed to be like a honor. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. And according to www.unigide.com, that's uh, www.u, as in Nancy, I-G, U-I-D as in David, E, as in Edward.com, uh, does it mean in the Bible it says um, that the strength of God applies to us? Yes, so, yes. So the ego is supposed to be like strength, and that's God giving us strength? Yes, yes, exactly. Strength, hope, salvation. Uh, let's see. It's no coincidence that an eagle with outstretched wings was a symbol for victory. And this is an ancient room, Rome. Yes, yes. 
Yes, uh, 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 and you guys are accurate. A symbol of triumph of good over evil in, in ancient Greece. So this, this was very victorious that they were enslaved for, I believe it was uh, 400 years, I believe uh, the Egyptians uh, were enslaved. We talked about that uh, before in Bible study, but I'm going to look that up again just to make sure. Yes. And um, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? It also says here, it says, as you see them flying up in the sky, nothing seems to bother them or blind them. So maybe could that be when in the Bible, it's like, our uh, enemies will not be able to blind us or to you know the, does that kind of make sense maybe yes yes and as my professor i'm saying again as my professor said there's no right or wrong answer so yes you are that well you are correct that's exactly right you know So the Israelites were enslaved for over 400 years. So yes, they were enslaved for over 400 uh, years. Some say 430. So um, it was over 400 years, you know, and uh, for all of that, the Lord brought them out and also he provided for them. Uh, verses 9 through 13. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day because on that day the lord will come down on my mount sinai in the sight of all the people put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death they are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. Let's go up to verse 9. Okay. The Lord said, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that people will hear me speaking with you. Now, this brings me to the scripture of I walk by faith, not by sight. Because a dense cloud, you can't see anything. You understand? And, and, and what's so beautiful about it is God is allowing people to see this is whom I've chose to speak my words to you. 
The Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to put you out there and not be beside you in some way, form, or fashion. Amen? Amen. And here we come to the instructions again that the Lord is telling uh, uh, Moses instructions what the people are to do. Okay, uh, any questions, concerns, thoughts? Okay. Amen. Amen. And I'm I'm gonna bring up this uh, uh verse uh 12 and 13. I'm just gonna read those again. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountains is to be put to death. Now I'm gonna stop right there. This brings me back to the book of Genesis where God gives the instructions, do not eat the forbidden fruit. You, when God tells you, stay out the kitchen, or you'll get burned, stay out the kitchen. So he's given specific instructions again, letting the people know, letting, uh, uh, telling Moses to let the people know if they touch the mountain, they are to be put to death. So we have to ask ourselves, when the Lord tells us about immoral behaviors, he's trying to preserve life. He's letting you know to preserve life. Verse 13, they are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. So you see, God is very precise. And when he's talking about, about being stoned or shot with arrows, not a, a hand is to be laid on them. Some people might say, oh, that's so violent. That's so, so graphic. And my response is, when you think about it, to have somebody be beaten to death by, by their hands is 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 a lot you know and he's saying the stone or the arrows and some might say that's graphic and my response is don't go to the mountain don't go do what the lord says do not touch the mountain don't touch the mountain if you don't touch the mountain, you don't have to worry about a stone. You don't have to worry about an arrow. Any thoughts? I'm thinking 
like if you do use a stone or arrows, you throw the you could throw a stone, but if you use your hands, you have your hands filled with blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Can you repeat that, Sister Pat? Well, if somebody is stoned, you don't have to really touch them, their bodies or anything. I'm just thinking, or like an arrow. But once you start beating on somebody with your hands, then your hands are filled with their blood. You have blood mm -hmm. on your hands. Good point. Very, very good point. Very good point. And um, the next verses, uh, uh, Sister Pat, would you read verses 14 uh, through 19? After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, prepare yourselves for the third day, abstain from sexual relations. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Amen. Amen. Uh, Sister Pat, would you share your interpretation, your insight through the scriptures that you just read? Well, Um, you know, like God gave them instructions what they would do and everything that they were supposed to do before he was going to come down there and speak with, you know, speak with them. But I think he just wanted to make sure that they were aware that it was the Lord, that it was through his power, that there was the thunder and the lightning, and that it was him speaking through Moses, and that they are to acknowledge him as the one and only true God, and this is what he wants done. Amen. His teachings and acknowledge him as the only one and true God for his signals to let them know that it's he speaking days and saying this. And you know, he made everything that made the mountain tremble. Amen. Oh, no, it's me. I'm God. Amen. Amen. And when we look at it, uh, I, I want to go up to in verse 15. Uh, some people might ask the question, well, why, why should they abstain from sexual relations if their husband and wife why should they abstain from sexual relations well you know when you have intimacy with your 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 husband you know your spouse um you know and for for the husbands when they have you know intimacy with their wives and 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 vice versa uh one moment i'm sorry Okay, amen, amen. Everybody on? Okay, praise God. So what we were discussing um, in verse 15, then he said to the people, prepare yourselves for the third day, abstain from sexual relations. So when we look at it, why, why is the Lord telling the people to abstain from sexual relations when they're married, husband and wives? 
Um, the one thing when we have uh, intimacy with our spouses, we are connected to them spiritually. So abstaining from sexual relations uh, for approximately uh, three days, um, God is asking them individually to connect with him. Okay, so I want to, while I'm getting the information together to, to show uh, some corresponding scriptures, uh, anyone want to share their uh, thought? I was going to say basically the same thing that um, people, okay, you're going to have a relationship with something, but that's all you're going to be thinking about. You really cannot clear your mind fully so that you can get your mind ready to hear the word of God, to digest the word, to understand, and concentrate on that, which you're supposed to hear about, you know, what you're supposed to do from God. Mm -hmm. You're just thinking, you know, if you're going to affect relationships. Maybe thinking about, you know, have a relationship right then and even afterwards or something. Uh, that's on your mind still. You're not have your mind fully cleared and ready and I would say like cleanse your away so you can go and hear God's words. Yes, yes. And any other thoughts? Okay, now here's another insight that I uh, googled, and this is coming from ebible.com, ebible.com, and they are suggesting that uh, sexual relations, the uh, abstaining from the sexual relationships. Uh, relations uh, said in, in Exodus 19.15 was equivalent to fasting. Okay, now they're saying it was equivalent to fasting. And and that that I, I will say, okay, I could see that. Um, but the Holy Spirit is, is leading me because when, uh, remember, God created man and woman. And when you look at, and we're all adults and and you know, we're all adults. And when you look at intimacy, you know, in that concept, it's surreal, you know, and it's very spiritual, you know, um, because when you are in a committed relationship with someone, you know, um, and it's a monogamous, healthy, Christian loving relationship that intimacy is surreal that's why i give god the glory because god is an amazing god he created everything everything for the pleasure of mankind the reproduction is pleasurable and imagine before our, our, our foremother and our forefather's sin, childbirth pains was not in existence. 
So we would have been able to become pregnant, carry the baby to term, and give birth without any contractions, without any pain, and keep it going. You know? So um, that right there. And I'll let somebody uh, else give a little insight right now in what their take about that uh, with the scriptures that we read. Anyone? Amen. Amen. I know I got your attention. <laughs> yes. Matrimony doors open, Brother Patrick. I think you're gonna have a whole other page of philosophy, my friend. Amen. I love you, baby. And Sister Nicole. Yes, sir. I was just saying one thing is that you know all you have to do is mention the subject sex, and you know she would get the young ones involved in today's Bible discussion.
when the old people used to say shack it up, if you were living together with people not married, if you shack it up and you feel like that person is the right person for you, you ain't gonna leave or blah blah this, and you don't feel that you need that extra commitment before God with the sacredness of marriage, then eventually you're gonna have hurt and pain. And one pastor told uh, Sister Patricia a long time ago that sin, a lot of times, is anything that you commit against God that causes you pain. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in a marriage, you have issues of problems, but that comes with infidelity, that comes from abuse. But again, it's a different type of circumstance because you're entering in it, Pastor. You're entering in it with the mind frame that you're going to be obedient. Christ. And that's what the whole, uh, I feel like one of the, the biggest points of today's Bible study is the physical obedience. Like you say, if, if Adam and Eve were obedient at the first view, in that Genesis, to not even eat from the tree of knowledge, then we wouldn't have these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and then sexual issues are inclusive of that. You know, and so with the younger generation, I want them to know that it's cool and it's okay to wait till you get married or if anything has happened to sustain and then wait until, you know, you find that one woman or that one guy. Because, again, you don't want to be with somebody and that's the closest you can be with somebody. Everybody knows that, Patrick, like you said. I'm not trying to get graphic or nothing. But I'm just saying, we got STDs, we got, you know, a lot of other issues that come with having a lot of sexual partners. And again, to protect yourself, the best thing to do is get to know someone. Mm-hmm. Know that they're of God. Because anybody, I will tell you, young people that are of God, they do slip, I ain't saying they don't. But you will see that they will try. They will try and respect you. Mm-hmm. And if they don't respect your body, whether the boys, women don't respect your body, or the, you know, young lady, a man don't respect your body, sweetie, then that person is not going to be for you. Okay? That's so right. Sometimes some kids will tell me, Pastor, they'll say, well, I, I'm not a virgin, but, you know, I want to be right. Uh, by, you know, God, and uh, I told me and my boyfriend that we're going to stop until we get married, and my boyfriend's like, well, it don't matter now because we already did it like a hundred times with a hundred and one. Well, it's a hundred and one times to me, you know, that, that, that hundred, again, I'm being disobedient to my God. That is a forgiving God, but why still be disobedient? You always love the child that you got to discipline. You're not saying that, hey, this child, I, I don't want this child anymore. This is the one, a uh, case in point, my little baby Malik. My, I brought uh, him over today, Pastor, and there's people on the blog, I don't know if you have on Facebook because I'm driving, so I'm not sure. Uh, Malik is my toy, a toy poodle, so he's not a real human being, but I think he is, okay? But anyway, my toy poodle gets a whooping every day. Not because I just like the whooping stuff, but because he pees when he's not supposed to, he tears up things, he, he uh, I mean, my, my, my stuff and stuff like that, he puts holes in my, in my socks and my drawers, so that's why he gets whooping, okay? Do I love him any less because he disobeys me? No. But 
would he be highly more favored by me if he was obedient? Yes. And that's how we are with God. We're all children of God. But why not take your blessings and your favor more away? These broken bones have mended, and now I am soaring like never before. Broken mirrors and mended wounds, my Savior restoreth my soul. By domestic violence survivor, Michelle Carter Douglas. This poetry book depicts a journey of individual faith, healing, and strength. Reader, Tara Kirksey shares. Broken mirrors and mended wounds this collection of poems and reflections was so on point. They were so uplifting to me. My favorite one was Revelation Mended Through Being Broken. I could truly relate to this one. This author blessed my soul through her writing. I know she's at a point of healing. I love to read more from this author. This book available right now. Broken mirrors and mended wounds, my savior restoreth my soul by Michelle Carter Douglas. Available right now on amazon.com. a few minutes until they could exit to Koenigsegg Parkway. The roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another's lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy, written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. Every finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we faced brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a New is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, Please Don't Go, another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey 
through this book written by Brylin Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Studying in the Word. We're having like some uh, difficulties, technical difficulties. So we are picking back up and we are going to share our uh, homework assignment. Sister Pat, if you could share the, about the homework assignment, what was the homework assignment? And uh, then if you could share what you've done. what I did with the homework assignment? Yes, ma'am. If you could first state what the homework assignment was. Well, you took uh, four prophets and you told us that they suffered from depression and our assignment was how their depression may play a part in our lives today. Mm -hmm. It was the first Job, Jeremiah, David, and Daniel. Those are the ones you gave us. Okay, amen. Yes, ma'am, would you want to share what you did, your homework? Well, first I started with Joe. And you know, Joe, I mean, he went through a lot. Like he lost his... All, all that he had, all his cattle, all his riches, his children, and their homes. But he never lost his faith in God, but he did get very, very depressed. And his wife was no, wasn't very uh, confident because she told him to go curse his God and die. He was covered with boils and sores, but he never gave up on God. But he had three friends that came with him, and they sat with him, and they grieved with him. But what I got out of this is that you really have to, or say you believe in God, you have to truly trust in God. You really have to. And with each one of those, Jeremiah, they said, I think I saw something where he was the weeping prophet. Because the people, they, again, they were just hard-headed. They didn't want to listen. And uh, he got very depressed, very depressed. And what I got out of least for these two, especially about the depression and so forth, it's okay to be depressed. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have to work on our faith, but we also have to do this too. Whatever it takes, we have to get the strength to keep ourselves strong mentally, physically, spiritually, holding on to our relationship with God. Uh, whatever you have to do to keep your body strong, eating healthy, uh, if you need medication for whatever reason, physical, whatever, you have to take care of yourself. You have doctors need medication for, uh, you know, whatever mental thing you may be going through, uh, things might be something you, they could help you with physically. Uh, and then, you know, you can, you know, the faith in Trusting God, you got your book, the Bible. That's your daily bread, also. You need all of this. But you have to really 
want to do this and not let yourself just lay there. They got depressed, they got down, and they cried. David, oh my goodness, poor David, he just, he went through a lot, and he kept crying. And so did Daniel has something, and then like the dream, he that he doesn't want to show how he understood it. But what I get from all of them and all their depression and life, there's a lesson in it. You got to reach down, get the strength, and you have to have faith to go ahead and do what you have to do to keep yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally in balance so that you can deal with this depression. I'm not saying that it ain't going to come back again. You ain't going to go through it again because this is life. Ups and downs, up and down, up and down. But there's medicine out there. There's tools out there. Uh, you, you know, we have more things maybe than they had back then. I mean, you know. Because I uh, know one of them had, uh, I think it might have been uh, one of the, uh, might have been uh, David, I'm sure, crying. Uh, yeah, David had a bone illness. Well, today I, I Googled some stuff. They said it might have been like osteoporosis and stuff. Well, we have things that can help all that. So you mm -hmm. can keep on pushing on in the Lord's word. Did that make any sense? You made a lot of sense. You made a lot of sense. Amen. Oh, you, yes, ma'am. I had it on mute. You I made a lot of sense. sense you. I mean, you know, because, you know, I think all the God has put this against different people, different counselors, so we can keep ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. Because you, you might need medicine for uh, your for mental illness, you might need medicine for you. Well, I know I do for my physical body. I mean, we just, whatever we need. Because, you know, we're going to have this, the trials and tribulations. We're going to have this. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be easy. Uh, physically, sometimes, there have been times, sometimes I heard some bad, sometimes with arthritis, like in this weather, it's a little bit more. It's hard to get around and do. But I go take my medicine, lay down for a little bit, then I can get up and do something. Mm -hmm. I know if I don't take my other medications and stuff, um, you know, for high blood pressure and so forth, run down the line, you're going to run a whole lot of problems with that, cholesterol, whatever, all my things for my thyroid. So the Lord put things there to help you. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, like you need to keep all the armor of God on so you can deal. Because you need it because there are going to be days you're going to be sometimes you do just sometimes my lord my lord you know and i'm learning to quit saying so much why me why not me why not me I'm, i know the lord is there i know i'm not here by myself i'm not by myself and i you know i make myself remember that God is with me no matter what I'm going through. Y'all remember that too. He is with you. Because mm -hmm. you know what, like you said, the Lord keeps his promises. Yes, he, he does. Promises. And like he told them, if they come down there and if they come on that mountain, they would perish. But he also has promised us that he will give us what we need and give us what we want. He will give you. Mm -hmm. And he has done that too giving you things. Look at my children and my grandchildren. That's really so proud of them. There's, 
you know, we're not perfect, but I mean, I'm just so proud of them. You know, and all of that. I mean, you know, and then, you know, we look out for each other. We help each other. I mean, it's a blessing. Yes, it is. It's a blessing. You know, there's other things, like when we think, you know, oh, dear, well, how did she makes the way out of no way. No. Yes, it does. Okay. No, I thank you for sharing that. I, I thank you for for sharing that. You know, I did, uh, I did my homework. Do I get a little style? Yes, gonna... actually, everybody's gonna be getting uh, something for their contribution. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like I did in that first grade. I want a little star on my paper. Yes. Well, I'm gonna have to go get some gold stars I, I seriously am and uh let's see if uh sister cole did her homework uh did you do your homework sister nicole she might be dealing with what's his name oh he was on here let me you want me to call her in or you want to call her in um no 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 you she can she might call in. Uh, you could call. You could try yeah, and be, see if you can. Yes, yes, she'll call in. Well, you weren't well, on going out tonight, oh, no. With that being said, we could get into uh, our reading uh, of uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 16. Uh, Sister Pat, I, I, not to be long-winded or whatever, if you could read the first five verses. Sure, take your time. Genesis uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. Genesis chapter 16. About Sari. Yes. Now Sari, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to do what Sari said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sari, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to husband, to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she, she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. The series said to Abraham, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her what you think best. And Sari mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. You want me to keep reading? Yes, ma'am. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sari, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sari, she answered. And the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will 
be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees before she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bear Lahari. It is still there between Kadesh and Bear. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Amen. Amen. And going back, we see here, um, you know, Hagar and Ishmael. We 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 have to understand. Sometimes we want to take that shortcut. Remember, in in reading in the book of Exodus, uh, God did not give the Israelites the route to the shortcut because they would encounter more hardships. Remember that? He took them the long way. And and see, you know, Sarah, she wanted the shortcut. It's taking too long. I know I'm, I'm, I can't have no kids. Get in there and have relations with my husband. I don't care and bring him a son. Because he's supposed to have a blessing. And I, I look, I can't have no kids. The shortcut. Sometimes, you know, people want to lose weight fast. So they take those diet supplements. The shortcut. And they have the long-lasting effect. What else I get from these scriptures here is the testimony through imperfection. We are imperfect people serving a perfect God who will not allow our imperfections to get in the way of serving him. You know, right now I see so much on social media. It's ridiculous about... uh, you know, New Year's resolutions about uh, forgiving and being forgiven and all this. You know, it's ridiculous. You should live your life to where you know if you wrong somebody. Apologize right then. I can see a day or two. But to make it a New Year's resolution, we are supposed to be making a commitment and a covenant with God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see here, imperfect situations by imperfect people. But as we will read later in in the book of Genesis, how God blesses Sarah and Abraham. 
what we will do next week, we're going to take a break from uh, studying out of the scriptures, and we're going to be talking about the importance of marriage. The importance of marriage is the subject of next week's Bible study, studying in the word. Also, uh, I with, with what I'm being led to do after we uh, study that for next week, we're going to focus on the book of Genesis for a little bit and the week after uh, we, which will be on, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, talk to the rest of the congregation, but I'm thinking uh, if the rest of January, the 20th and the 27th, we could possibly have Bible study on Fridays, Fridays at seven. Um, so on the 20th, we will be discussing the importance of marriage um, and also what's going to encompass in that Bible study uh, is how do we abstain until we are married? How do we stand firm in God when our flesh is wavering? Okay? Um, on the 27th, we will be uh, reading and studying Genesis chapter 17, 18, 19, and uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Uh, January 20th, 2023. Okay. We'll be studying the importance of marriage, the importance of marriage. How do we stand firm when our flesh is wavering? How do we stand firm when our flesh is wavering? January 27th, 2023. We will be studying out of the book of Genesis, chapter 17, 18, and 19. 17, 18, and 19. Amen. Um, yes. So we, we got a lot of nourishment going on. We got a lot of studying that we're going on because this winter we're, we're going to be, uh, we're, we're this winter, this season, we are going to be, uh, focusing on the books of Genesis and Exodus, taking our time with that. And um, also picking up different subjects that the Holy Spirit leads upon our hearts so that we could get some extra uh, uh, definition and learning. Um, because the spring, I want to get back to uh, our Bible studies with books. You know, we have a lot of good information that we have on the table. I want to get back to 
um, studying that. Um, so with that being said, uh, I want to thank you all for studying in the word with me this evening. Uh, who would like to lead us out with prayer? Okay, I'll do it. Since Sister Pat did it and Sister Arlesa. Father God, we thank you for the nourishment. Father God, we thank you for the healing. Father God, we thank you for the love, the talks. Father God, we just love you for being you and loving us for being us. Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus for all you have done for me throughout my life, for the for throughout the lives of my children, my mother, my family, oh God, my sister. Father God, thank you in the name of Jesus. We are covered by the blood that was shed on Calvary because love kept Jesus on the cross. Love sent Jesus. Love sent Jesus. For God Almighty, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, not to condemn the world, but to save it. So shall we be saved in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Father God, throughout my life, I am happy to say, I lived my life that where I was transparent. Father God, that I do unto others as you want others to do unto me, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for allowing me to have a kind heart in the midst of the hate. Father God, I forgive those that called my insurance company with a whole lot of foolishness. Because Heavenly Father, I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Father God, I forgive those at the workplace that talked about me that the lady kicked me and the other lady yelled at me because Heavenly Father, they're where they're at and I'm moving in the direction where you destined me to be. It doesn't make sense for me to be bitter and hold resentment. I hold you in my heart. Father God, my prayer on this altar is to continuously be purged by you, molded by you, used by you, instructed by you, and glued to you. Yes, I did say it. I want to be glued to you, oh God. I want to hold on to the old rugged cross. I want to cling to your garment. I want to reside within your holy wings. 
Father God on this earth, Heavenly Father. I want to help people not hurt or hinder them. Father God, I pray for each one of my children, Patrick, Arlessa, Brylin, my niece Patrice and nephew Jake, my brother Keith's children, Tashay and Keith. Father God, I lift up my aunts and my uncles, my cousins, my mother, my sister. Father God, I lift up my friends and I lift up my foes. You see, God, you are molding me to love those that hate me. Because it's not Michelle that they hate. It's the God in me that they have disposition for. And Father God, let my mouth reflect your words and forgive me in my transgressions. As yes, I do curse. And yes, I do get angry. But Father God, you have chastened me to where sometimes when somebody hurts me, I, I go to open up that mouth and literally, it, it feels as though my mouth is being closed. I was on the phone, God, and you know this, the other day. And the person was kind of getting a little snivy. And I started to get that mouth open and say, what is your problem? And I couldn't do it. I, I could, all I could say is, and Father God, when I finally got my mouth open, I said, yes, sir. Okay, sir. And that's all I could say. And then all of a sudden, Heavenly Father, as the Holy Spirit continued to take control of me and the conversation, the gentleman was kind. And he helped me answer the questions that I had. And not only did he help me answer it, but he actually gave me advice. I like this new Michelle. I like this new creature that's not argumentative and has something to prove. And Heavenly Father, when I found out that somebody was calling and, and telling something about the building share that I got and all this other stuff, and Father God, you, you know what I'm talking about. And I did make a call, and I want to talk to somebody. I said, who is this that y'all want to keep harassing me? And I did leave a message. I told them, I said, if, I, if this keeps on or whatever, I'm going to call the EOC. You know? And when I hung up the phone, God, I knew you was going to take care of this situation. And that's why people are so angry. Because the world is not in the devil's hands. The world is in God's hands. 
and the people of God shall be protected. Just like Nebuchadnezzar wanted to send Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach into the fiery furnace, they didn't burn, but the guards that was going to burn them burned. And Father God, you know what's so miraculous about me knowing about this story is that my 22-year-old son came to me for individual Bible study. And I asked him to pick out what he wanted to study about. And Father God, your Holy Spirit led him to that. And not only was it instruction for my son, but it was instruction for me. So when Father God, when people say, I don't believe in God, Father God, you brought me to the place to where I don't have to debate. I don't have to say anything. All I say is, in time, your mouth will confess that there is a God. Once those physical blinders are removed from your eyes and the hurt and the pain is removed from your dark heart, you will know. So Father God, before we close this prayer, we claim victory in the name of Jesus. We claim healing in the name of Jesus. We claim prosperity in the name of Jesus. We claim sanctity in the name of Jesus. Father God, we claim peace in the name of Jesus. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank you all and we love you. Continue to study in the word.